Welcome to the Treasure Coast Community Church Podcast. TC3 Church is located in Stewart, Florida, and we're thankful that your listening journey has brought you to us. Our prayer is that everyone who tunes in connects the life-changing power of Jesus Christ in a real way. You will also discover, if you dig a little deeper, that TC3 is full of imperfect people who are simply striving daily to be more like Christ than they were the day before. The journey for us is about progress, not perfection. We pray that as you listen, you will be filled with hope, endurance, and joy as you experience life change. Enjoy today's message. Hey everyone, my name's Gordon. I serve as the I serve as middle management here at TC3. I'm the pastor, and uh, we're glad to have you have you here with us today. We're starting a brand new series. I think it's going to be one that you enjoy. Um, it's called The Things That Tear Us Apart, and it was inspired by a drive that my wife and I were taking, and we just started talking about how much division there is in our world and in society, and so we wanted to address a few, a few of those issues. And so today we're going to be talking about the comparison trap that all of us so easily fall into. And so uh, I, I would love for you to do this uh, with me, if you would, please. Repeat these words uh, after me, if you would, please. Ready? All of, let's do this together here, all of social media is selective information. Shocker. I know, it's a shocker. We're gonna start there. We're gonna talk about social media a little bit here uh, this morning because the truth is that most of us are not doing as well as our social media accounts lead the world to believe. Like those pictures, they're staged. I don't know if you know this or not, but when you're looking at Instagram or scrolling through Snapchat or whatever, it's staged. Every picture is filtered. We're living in an age of uh, we're living in an age of Instagram face and Snapchat dysmorphia. Those are actually real terms, real problems that that people have. What we look at when we see social media is that you know there is this pretty picture that people like to present, but we never get the the backstory that's behind the scenes. Even supermodels have bad hair days. Athletes and actors, they struggle with self-esteem issues and insecurities, and pastors, when they drive behind slow people, have really, really bad thoughts. <laughs> but when it comes to social media, it's so true that we choose what we decide to share with the world, don't we? It's selective information. We decide what we want the world to see and what they want to see, what we want them to see of us, and we don't share what we don't want you to see. Like you never, you never post that, that picture of when you just got up and there's croutons in your eyes. You just, you don't, you don't post a picture like that. You don't post your Gary Busey mugshot. You, d- you, don't, you don't post pictures like that. And when we find ourselves to, tempted to beat ourselves up because someone else seems to be doing better, we need to remember that all of social media is selective information. It's very easy to get caught in that web and go down that, that rabbit hole and feel bad about yourself and about your world and about what God is or is not doing in your world as you kind of make your way through the social media world. And, and Solomon, you know, 
before Jesus, right, wisest man to, to ever walk planet Earth, he said this. He said, I observe that most people are motivated to success because they envy their neighbors. Isn't that terrible? He said, I've observed that most people are motivated to success because they envy their neighbors. And so the ongoing question in our world is, is what's our motivation? Like, what's our motivation behind the image that we're presenting uh, to the world around us? And so I want to give some just kind of key thoughts about avoiding the comparison trap. And, And the first thing is this, comparison is just plain unwise. It's just plain unwise. Solomon went on to say, he said, this too is meaningless. It's like a chasing after the wind. Comparing is this game you just can't ever, you can't ever win it because there's always gonna be someone in better financial condition than you, better shape than you, look better than you, make a family presentation better than yours, have a better job than yours, and Comparing, it always leads us to competition, and competition creates this division. And that's something that's happening in our world, is sides are being drawn. And comparing always leads to negative emotions. It leads to pride because I'm doing so much better than they are when you look at their world. Leads us to this place of, I'm winning, just look look at them. And then, we begin to judge, right? We, we think, hey, I was able to get here and arrive here and do this and accomplish this, and, and if they're not able to arrive here and do this and accomplish this, then there must be something wrong with them. And so then we look down our noses at people. It can lead to discouragement. You can scroll through there, get discouraged, and think, I'm losing in the game of life, like my family isn't all perfect. My relationship isn't perfect. I'm imperfect. And you can scroll through and become more and more discouraged. I'm losing, we're losing. Just look at them, I must be a loser is the conclusion that you draw in. Comparing is just, as Solomon says, it's just unwise. It's a game we can't win. It's a game that we're not called to to compete in. In the book of 2 Corinthians 10, chapter 12, it says these words, we do not dare to classify or compare ourselves with some who commend themselves. When they measure themselves by themselves and compare themselves to themselves, it says they are not what? Wise. When we compare ourselves to each other, we're not wise because the standard that God has placed in front of us is Jesus Christ. He is the only one we measure our life up against. He is the standard. And too often times we get distracted and our heads turn a little bit and we start looking, well, I'm not as bad as this guy over here. Certainly better than that one over there. We feel good about where we are when God's called us to a higher standard. It's not about their standard, it's about the standard he's called us to embrace. And when I think about it, one of the ways to stop avoiding the, or to avoid the comparison trap is to stop comparing ourselves to inferior models. Anyone else other than Jesus is an inferior model. God has created you and I to be a unique version. Like, there's nobody else like you. There's nobody quirky like you. Nobody gifted like you. Nobody has the potential that you have like, like you. And we compare ourselves to who we were yesterday. 
versus who we are today. Like many of us, if we just stopped, because I know a lot of the stories that come in and out of this place, if many of us, we just stopped and we went, look at where I was five years ago. Look at where I was 10 years ago. Think about who you wanted to be when you came out of high school, where you are today. Think about what God has done in your life and how he's brought you to the place that you are or the place that you're in today. We oftentimes compare ourselves to who we were yesterday and we need to make sure that we're looking at the prize that God has called us to today. And when we measure ourselves by ourselves and we compare ourselves with ourselves, we're just not, we're just not wise. When this life is passed, and you need to, we need to think about this, when this life is passed over, you're not, you're not gonna stand before God, and we're not gonna stand before God, and he's not gonna go, he's not gonna go, man, Gordon, you should have been more like so-and-so. He's gonna say, Gordon, why didn't you embrace the unique model that I made in you? Why didn't you embrace the giftings that I gave you and maximize that to its fullest potential? And oftentimes we diminish the person that God has called us to be and created us to be in the uniqueness that we are because we're chasing an image that culture puts in front of us. And we need to stop diminishing who God has created us to be and start developing it. It goes back to the Ephesians 2.10 passage of scripture where it says, you are God's workmanship. Some translations say, you are God's masterpiece, created in Christ Jesus to do good things which God has prepared in advance for you to do. So that's very personal. Like we are God's creative work, time, energy, attention, and care he put in the creation of every single one of us and then he's created specific things, missions for us to accomplish as individuals. God has his eyes on us as individuals. And comparing is unproductive because it uses the wrong point of reference. We look at other people for inspiration. Like we get inspired by what God has done in their life or what they've accomplished in life or the tenacity that they've had or the skill set that they've, they've developed and, and embraced and, and done well with. We look, at, we look at people for inspiration. We don't look at them for replication. Like we're not trying to be them. We're trying to be the best version of Jesus that we can possibly be. We're trying to be the best representation of Jesus with skin on to a world that may not have ever seen him before. John Eldridge says it this way, and I love this, and if you think about the context of your entire life, he says, the story of your life is the story of a long and brutal assault on your heart by the one who knows who you could be, and he fears it. So what the enemy would love is that for you to try to be like somebody else and for me to be like somebody else and never really discover who God has called us to be and never really develop the gifts that he's called us to have and put into place for the kingdom. He'd love for us to have our heads turned, chasing a model that's inferior to who he's called us to be. And whenever we compare, we determine where we are and who we are based on how we think, and we don't know the full picture, somebody else is doing. Like we don't have the full story, but yet we're measuring our life according to what we see online that's all selective information. And it's easy to get discouraged when you get distracted. And you and I can get very, very distracted by people watching. Now, 
listen, the job that I have, it has a few different facets. It's got kind of, it's got an organizational facet to it. It's got a people management facet to it. It's got a care component facet to it. And it's very, very easy to get distracted. And the weight of what I do, it's like the reason why I didn't want to be a pastor is because I didn't want to carry the weight of people's eternities. I was like, it's a big deal. Charles Spurgeon said it this way. He said, who can bear the weight of souls without sometimes sinking into the dust? And for me, sometimes I can measure how I'm doing according to the people that I walk with. And I'll walk into a coffee shop and I'll see a guy in there who used to go to TC3 back in the day, but he never would embrace faith. He went for years, but he never would embrace faith. And I look at him and I think, man, if I, if I only would have done a little bit better, things would be different. Now listen, I know that that's improper thinking. I know it's the Holy Spirit's job, but, but when we start looking at people it's easy for us to get distracted. When you look and you walk with people's unresolved pain for a while, and that drags out forever, and it seems like forever, and you think, man, if I was only a little better at my job, this situation would have been resolved, and they would be on their way to finding health and healing again, if I was only better at my job. But you see them, and you sink down into depression because you are people watching discouraged by the person who's open about their sin but won't stop it. And you think, if I could only have communicated more effectively or better or modeled it to them better, distracted by people watching and getting discouraged. That, that's what happens when we dig into people watching. And it's something that's very, very prevalent in the culture today. It's easy to get discouraged when you when you teach about being a great husband, a great follower of Jesus Christ, but you don't feel like one because you're looking at all the pictures. Look at all the pretty pictures. Look at where everybody else is heading. Look at what everybody else has got going on. Look at where they are. And it's easy for us to sink into discouragement when we watch people and we dig into the pictures and I want you to hear me on this. Never, ever compare your valley to someone else's mountaintop. Don't ever compare your valley to someone else's mountaintop. And that's what we do when we start to get discouraged. We compare our valley to someone else's mountaintop and think that their life is all roses and sunshine and they don't have the struggles that you have because look at the pretty pictures. The peaks and the valleys, they're all part of the same journey. God has those in our lives because he's developing things in our life that can't be developed any other way. And we need to think about it from that perspective. It's easy to get discouraged. And I want you to hear me on this as well. We'll never experience God's purpose for our life when we're distracted by God's purpose for somebody else's life. Like we're looking at somebody else's life and we want that life. We'll never experience God's purpose for our life when we're distracted by God's purpose for somebody else's life. And many of us, we've fallen victim to this issue, and it's a real trap for us. So how do you avoid that comparison trap? You, you focus in on who, who we are, who you are, 
who God has called you to be from a unique perspective and the work that God has called us to do. Like you look in your own world and go, who am I called to be? What has God called me to do in the uniqueness of the giftings that I have? We don't compare ourselves to other people. And we don't expect people, other people, to be like us. Paul writes the book of Galatians, and it's written because there's this theological crisis in the church. Like, God is doing a massive work. Jewish people are coming to Christ. People who are not of Jewish heritage, Gentile people, are coming to Christ. They're coming to the same church. The Jewish followers of of Christ are going, listen, for you to become a Christian, you've got to embrace uh, the Mosaic law, Old Testament law. You have to embrace all of those things, and then you can be a follower of Christ. What that specifically meant was, one of the things that specifically meant was, for you to be a follower of Jesus Christ, for the males in particular, to follow Mosaic law, you have to be circumcised. And so, all the males are going, I'm not going to miss that meeting. I'm going I'm to find out the details on this one, right? This is a big issue, right? This is a big deal. Paul hears about this ongoing debate about following the laws of, of Moses versus walking in the freedom of Christ. And, and Paul writes this book and he says, listen, the just shall live by faith. He's like, who betwixt you, you foolish Galatians? It's like you were running down this road, enjoying your relationship with Christ, and then you let all these rules get in the way. And then you started looking at each other and comparing yourselves to each other, and you created this whole mess. And then he said these words. He said, make a careful exploration of who you are, the work you have been given, and then sink into that. Like, sink your teeth into who you are in Christ and the work that God has called you to do. Sink your teeth into that. Don't be impressed with yourself. Don't get prideful. Don't compare yourself with other people. They're an inferior standard. Take responsibility for doing the creative best that you can with your own life. He's saying, look at who you've been created to be and look at the calling that you specifically have and dig into that and don't get distracted by anything else. So how do I avoid the comparison trap? I focus in on who I am in Christ and the work he's called me to do. If you're a teacher, you're not just a teacher. Like you're in the trenches with students. You're fighting battle every single day and it's not just, it's a spiritual thing. If you're a mom and dad, you're not just a mom and dad, you're raising modern day warriors for the kingdom. You're not just a giver. You're a financier of kingdom work. You're not just someone who's praying. You're appealing to God who moves heaven and earth so that a difference could be made. You're not just a tech person who's behind a camera or sitting behind a sound booth or running the online audience in the back. Like you're a digital lifeline. Like someone texted me this morning and they're like, listen, watching you guys from the Bahamas, you guys have made a difference in our world. You're making a difference. My Aunt Vicky in Spokane's watching today, like right now. Like you're a lifeline to people that are watching. If you're a greeter, you're not just someone who's welcoming people and you're not just holding a door, you're making a difference. People have decided if they're gonna come to this church long before I even step up on the stage. Like, you're the ones who make a difference. 
If you're just a, a nine to fiver, man, you just go in and you punch that clock. Listen, you were created for such a time as this to be exactly where you are, to represent Jesus where you are. Never diminish your role in kingdom work. And our daily role is to be the best version of Jesus that we can possibly be. Spiritually speaking, I think about TC3 and I'm like, God, help us to be the best version of who we can possibly be given the uniqueness of what we have to work with. Now that's our call as individuals too. Help us to be the best follower of Jesus that we can possibly be given the uniqueness of the giftings that we have. We as a church, man, we're a unique place here. I don't know if you know it or not, but I, I tell people about this church, and they're like, tell me about your church, and I'm like, it's just a mixed bag of nuts. <laughs> it just is. Like, we've got, you know, recovering charismatics, we've got recovering Catholics, we've got people who are just now figuring out where the book of Genesis is. I mean, we, we've got a mixed bag of nuts, and I'm like, listen, they're great people, 95% of them, that you'd want to barbecue with 95% of them, 5% of them, God's just gonna keep in your life to test you. Like, they're just gonna be around. And, and, I, and we got some weirdos here. Like, we got some weird people in this church. We, we do. And if you're thinking you know who the weird person is, you, you don't, it's actually you. Like, it's, like, every family has their weirdos, don't they? Like, you think about that. It's like every family's got the one that's a little bit off. It's like everybody's tracking and the, they're a little bit unique in their gifting and sensing. And My heart is, is that we would be the best version of the church that God has created us to be given the uniqueness of the giftings that we have represented in this church. And I believe that TC3 is making a difference in this community. We are. You, you're using your talent. You're going to the grade schools with Andy Brown and you're in five public grade schools making a difference. You're going, it's a good deal. Kids clubs at elementary schools, it's a cool thing. You're with Pastor Miles and you're making your way to the middle schools and the high schools and you're investing in students, man. You're making a difference. We're having gospel conversations with people wherever we are along the path. You're using the uniqueness of your situation to make a difference. You come through the door and you have your friend with you and you look at me and you go, I got him here. You're trying to make a difference. Like, no pressure, Gordon, I got him here, right? God's doing a cool thing and we, never need to, we need to never forget that. And we need to be the best version of Jesus that God has created us to be because when we start comparing ourselves with others, it leads us to bad places. It just does. And to avoid the comparison trap, we need to be able to celebrate the success of others. A classic example uh, is the story of David and Saul. And David is the aspiring leader who's anointing, who God has anointed, who's coming up through the ranks. Saul is the king who's, who's on his way out. And after a pretty incredible victory, it says, first of all, though, in text that, that Saul would ask David to do certain things and whatever he would ask him to do, especially from a military perspective, he was successful in it. And that led him to place him over military commands and things like that. And whatever he would do, he was successful at. 
And then when they came back from, uh, from a battle with the Philistines, David came back into the city with Saul. The ladies come out and they're dancing in the streets because the Israelites have gained this incredible victory over the Philistines who were invading the country. And this was seemingly an unwinnable battle, but yet God had come through and God had used the uniqueness and expertise of David in, in ways that was only explained by God. And so they're coming in and they have this incredible victory over the Philistines. Remember, remember King Saul, or Saul is the king. And the ladies come out and they're singing this chant. They're saying, they're saying David, or Saul has killed his thousands and David has killed his ten thousands. It's a win for the kingdom. It's a win for King Saul because Saul is over the kingdom. But the comparison trap always leads us to bad places and that's what happens next. This made Saul very angry. David has his 10,000s and I have my, I have my thousands. Next they're gonna wanna make him king, it says in the text of scripture. And so it says from that point on, Saul kept a jealous eye on David. It should have been a celebration because it was a kingdom win and a win for the kingdom was a win for Saul. But comparing always leads us to bad places and it'll keep us from celebrating the success of other people. We need to be able to celebrate the success of other people. When they win, we need to be able to celebrate it with them. Comparison is like chasing after the wind is what Solomon said. When you think about chasing the wind, it's this powerful image of grasping but never grabbing onto. It's futile, it's endless. There's no finish line in place. There's no peace, you can't get your hands on it. There's no contentment because you can never get to that place where you wanna get to. It's an unquenchable thirst and Solomon says, it's a meaningless pursuit. If we fall into the comparison trap, there'll always be an err in our life. His boat is new-er. Her truck is nice-er. Their bank account is fat-er. Their baby is cute-er. Their baby walked soon-er. Our baby's just chunky-er. Their kids are smarter, their house is bigger, their teeth, if you go on social media, are whiter. Right now, my personal one is their golf cart is faster. Like that's, that's an issue I have in my neighborhood. Like I'm driving and I see one coming up behind me and I feel like a 16 year old and I'm like, he's gonna catch me and I'm, I don't want anybody passing me. I'm competitive. When we determine where we are based on where someone else is, there's always gonna be an err in our life. And when we compare, when we chase, we can't enjoy what we've, what we've accomplished. It's ugly. Solomon says, better to have one handful with quietness than two handfuls with hard work and chasing after the wind. He's saying, listen, it's better have one handful with peace and provision than to have two handfuls and than to chase two handfuls of approval and prosperity. 
Stop, stop trying to compete and keep up with someone else. You're not designed to be like, is what he's saying in the text of Scripture. Solomon is saying having less with peace is better than having more without peace. There's plenty of people that have more and lack peace. Peace means satisfaction. It means contentment. Paul talked about it. He's like, listen, godliness with contentment, he's like, that is of great gain. Comparing never leads to contentment. Peace is laying your head on your pillow knowing that you did the best job that you could possibly do that day and you represented Christ well. It's being okay with who you are in Christ. It's being okay with what you have in Christ. It's being okay with what you've been called to do in Christ. It's being okay with who you are not as well. Like a lot of us have wrestled with that. Peace is being okay with who you are not and what you're not called to accomplish. I told this story a while back. I remember as a youth pastor going into my senior pastor's office and I asked him what he was doing. I was like, Doc Lindbergh, what are you doing, man? And he's like, I'm just reading through the Greek New Testament, trying to stay sharp. And I look, I'm like, that's great. I'm like, never on my best day. Are you gonna come into my office, see me reading the Greek New Testament, staying sharp? It's just not who I am. And immediately I sunk into discouragement at that moment. I felt like God spoke to me and he said, listen, we need academics like him and we need people just like you. And the uniqueness of who you are called to be is what you and I need to learn to embrace. Because comparing always leads us to wanting more and always feeling less than. It's an appetite that can't ever be satisfied. Paul said this, he said, make a careful exploration of who you are and the work that you've been given and then sink yourself into that. Don't be impressed with yourself. Don't you compare yourself to others, but take responsibility for doing the creative best you can with your own life. Listen, let's decide. We're not gonna get distracted by comparing. We're just gonna be the best version of who Jesus has called us to be today, and then we're gonna get up again, and we're gonna do that tomorrow. Thank you for listening. We understand that life is a journey and that the journey has many stages. No matter what stage you're in, TC3 is a place where you can plug in and be poured into. So if you're looking for community, we would love to connect with you. Start by hitting the subscribe button, then click the connect link in today's episode. This is your opportunity to join in on what God is doing at TC3. We are confident that he's just getting started with us and with you. We look forward to sharing more of the path with you.